ground rules basically is there are no ground rules. Feel free to say anything you want. Great. Let's talk. Okay. <laughs> it's always awkward, which is kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, it is awkward because right? so. I'm trying to say what. I'm trying to figure out what am I supposed to say? I don't really watch myself. <laughs> or Good. listen to myself. Then this will go smoothly. This will go perfect. Because neither do I don't we. either. You because, do, then, so. because then I see all the flaws, and then that's just bad, and it it, it, remo- it removes that yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, sheen yeah. of arrogance. If I was worried about what I said, I'd never open my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> I just choose my words very carefully. That makes see? one of us, and I don't. And I think that's one of the differences here. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Everett Arthur Oliver is a veteran in the entertainment industry. He's currently running his own voiceover company called My Booth Director, which specializes in professional direction for your voiceover auditions. He's also an animation demo producer, a private coach for commercial and animation, as well as a career consultant. Last year, Everett was nominated for the 2017 Co-Producing Directing Sovis Award in the category of Outstanding Animation Game Demo Reel, Best VoiceOver. He also received another nomination for Directing a Narration Demo Reel in the category of Outstanding Narration Demo Reel, go figure, Best VoiceOver, formerly working as a booth director at AVO Talent Agency in L.A., He's directed numerous voiceover actors in countless auditions for animation, commercials, interactive, narration, promos, and trailers, and also sound-alikes. He's also worked in voiceover casting for several award-winning animated shows, such as Godzilla, Men in Black, Jackie Chan Adventures, and Hellboy Sword of Storms, just to name a few. His experiences include TV animation productions for several hit animated shows, including The Simpsons and King of the Hill. His experience in voice direction and casting make him one of the most sought-after experts in the industry. So, let's talk voiceover, Everett Oliver. Hello, let's talk voiceover. Let's do it. How are you? See? (laughs) How fun. How fun. I was listening to the bio and I was like, oh my God, is that, who who is that? (laughs) (laughs) I want to hire that guy. He seems really good. He's been around for a while. I can't even tell you. Can't even tell you I've been around. So you have been around for a long time though, and you've done some really amazing and cool stuff. How did you get kind of tied into all this goofiness? Uh, I graduated from college. Clark Atlanta University in Atlanta, Georgia. You can't you hear the, there the you southern go. twang? <laughs> the southern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. That I'm, you know, though I was born and raised in New York, but still have a southern accent. <laughs> it's like Very cool. <laughs> no, I just basically, I moved out here in pursuit of working in the television industry. And I got really lucky. Some family members had some contacts out here. And uh, in Los Angeles, I should say, and I just networked. I networked through the system and uh, I got fortunate enough to work on some really dynamite shows. I met some really cool animation artists and some casting directors. And I just, you know, smiled and grinned. (laughs) So what were you doing originally when you went out there? What were what were some of your first jobs in L.A.? Uh, Animation production. I basically, you know, learned the groundwork of working in an animation house at Film Roman. So that wasn't, you know, my path. I knew my path was to basically work in TV, sure. but it wasn't specifically animation. Mm-hmm. And moving out here, I just, you know, I said, well, let me just see how this feels. Because back then in, you know, the early 90s, you know, there were opportunities 
just lots of opportunities. In fact, my friends were jealous of me. My college friends were jealous of me because they were like, oh, my God, you work for, you know, The Simpsons. You know, you you work in animation. And I was like, mm, it's not really a big deal to me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah, you can, too. Just get off right, your butt. Right. But they were here, working right? on live TV comedy shows. So it was like, I wanted to do live action. <laughs> so <laughs> I said, listen, <laughs> right. So, Grass is right. always greener. How, exactly. how does that work? So, you know. I, uh, you know, got on The Simpsons. I stayed on there. I learned everything like a sponge, you know, from the learning the backgrounds from the animation, all the drawings, all the timing of, uh, you know, each scenes. My primary responsibility was to ship every scene overseas to Korea. I had the Xerox copy over maybe 300 drawings on a Friday night. And wow. yeah, oh and just made sure that they were all in, you know, some sort of sequential order. And so if in the event that the people in Korea lost the actual files, we had a copy of it. Mm. So it was a lot of faxing what they call X sheets, where they do the lip assignments and the actual movements and timing of each scene. So all of that yep. paper that we used back then, it was absolutely insane. <laughs> so it was fun. Like I said, I learned a lot. I eventually uh, got tired of working on, you know, some of the same shows. Then they uh, moved me. They said, you know, your personality would work well in voiceovers. And I was like, voice who? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that sounds like my parents every time I try and explain what the hell it is that I do and get paid for. They pay you for what? Right. I had no yeah. idea what it was. So I went to another company, I went to Disney, and they showed me, you know, about the voiceover casting process. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, this is interesting. It's different from working with animators. So now I get to work with actors. It's all kind of sort of the same, but if you really work closely with the artists, they are a certain type of people who, hey, Everett, um, I lost my check. You're right. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, my spouse is going to kill me because I can't find my check. Okay. So, how does... <laughs> that sucks to be so careless. <laughs> <laughs> so that means, you know, I have to do a stop payment and I have to go do a bunch of paperwork, blah, blah, blah. Okay, uh, let's, move, let's move on. Okay, I'll get you another check. Creatives are so flighty, yes. it's fun. No, not <laughs> yeah, always. Right. <laughs> Whereas actors, you just have to just make sure they get to where they need to be. And that was fun for me. You know, I'm like, you're late. Cool. Okay, don't worry. I'll, and I used to cover all the actors. I used to cover them when it became for the sessions and tell the casting directors. Um, yeah, they, you know, had a flat tire. You're stuck <laughs> in traffic. Traffic. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. They're on their way. Third flat tire this week. My God, the poor man's Michelin well, bill. That's why he needs this job. <laughs> yeah, please. Let's keep him employed. <laughs> so I just, you know, I kept people, you know, on their toes. I kept everybody informed. I was one of those kind. I'm one of those kind of people who, you know, I'm a people person and I study behaviors of people. So that's how I fell really into that role of, you know, working at the casting, working in casting. And then my shows ended. And then I, you know, I called one of my mentors and I said, hey, all of my shows have ended. 
I don't know what else to do. You know, should I move on to live action or? And he was like, no, you need to be, you need to go work at a talent agency. I was like, well, that was probably a dream of mine when I was like 25. I'm now a little older, you know, so, and right. What am I supposed to do at a talent agency? And he's like, you're supposed to be a booth director. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> so, okay. So I have to, who is you? Who's your mentor? What a phenomenal advice and direction. Charlie Adler. Charlie Adler. He casted several, several animated shows. And what's so funny is. There you go. Charlie Adler's agent back in probably the 90s, he handed me Charlie's headshot. And I remember looking at his headshot and saying that I would work with him. And I was in the studios doing some casting and I saw Charlie and I heard him, but I never really introduced myself to him. And so my thought process was, yeah, I'm gonna work for them. So I remember when there was an opening for a casting position, I was the one that go ahead and recommended Charlie and he had no idea who I was. And so we just developed this, you know, fantastic rapport. Wow, that is so cool because this business is all about karma, right? And I think that that's the thing that especially nowadays, everyone's really paying close attention to. It is trying to take care of each other instead of saying it's mine, 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 mine. It's no, it's really we need to take care of each other and really help each other through because, you know, a rising sea lifts all boats. Mm -hmm. And and that's man, I, that's such a cool story. That's such a cool part of, of your career path, because, I mean, it's probably more true oh, now absolutely. than ever. Absolutely. You know, I have him to thank. And then working at at the talent agency at AVO Talent, I learned so much from that before, you know, working with actors with that audition to bring that audition to come to life. Mm -hmm. Rather, as I was on the receiving end with Charlie saying, nope, nope, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. He's not going to work. That's a callback. Mm, that's kind of interesting. Let's put him to this pile. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just soaked everything like a sponge when I was at AVO and, you know, thousands and listening to thousands and thousands of auditions. So I felt like now in my life, I'm well-rounded. Mm -hmm. I got everything from both sides. I know how the whole animation world, commercial world, voiceover world works. And I use that as a platform when I go ahead and I coach and I teach. So let me ask you this. So knowing animation and how it works is one thing. What led you to make the leap to say, I can direct? It was a... Um, I have a really strong sense, an intuition sense. Actors, when I w would say to me in the booth at AVO, you can direct. You really, really did that. For me, I was just like, mm, you know, him and Han, and you're really not sure. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I would pull out performances of actors and really, really home in into them and go, mm, I don't even know how I did that. But it was just an intuitive thing for me. So then it led me to, okay, yes, I do have the confidence to direct, to know my actors. And that's one of the things that resides, you know, in me and it actually in my adult life. Mm -hmm. I, once I get to know people, I'm better able to handle them and better able to assist them. Mm -hmm. And so that's just been a life thing for me since I was a kid. Have you ever ex kind of examined uh, yourself to say, 
well, I didn't know why I had the intuition to do that and then maybe find what those things were for myself. For instance, it was being a musician and hearing things musically, which it took me a while to realize that's what it was. Was there something that you over time have looked at and went, you know, I think it's this specifically that made me say I, how I hear things and how I know that this needs to be adjusted. It's I think is I had a what Oprah Winfrey would say, like a light bulb moment. Mm -hmm. It just came to me intuitively, which is really weird. I, re I remember and I, th the example I can give you is I was at a Seattle workshop and I was exhausted. And so during my Seattle workshop, I pretty much tapped into 16 people. Mm -hmm. And what I mean tap in is I could tell them stuff about them and how to get to where they need to get to performance-wise and career-wise. And they were absolutely amazed. So the epiphany, as I'm thinking about it now, happened when I was at AVO. And people would just say to me, how do you know what my grandmother was like? Because I use images to get the performance out of actors. Mm -hmm. I don't do any line reads at all. I'm more or less a person of, let me Get, you know about you as a person, correct? So mm -hmm. let me find what you can associate with in order for me to pull a performance out of you. Yeah, I mean, that's something that we've mentioned a number of times that the really good directors are the ones who understand that the actor is there for a reason and it's not what you have in your head and it's not what the writer has in his or her head either. It is a it is a team effort, but you have to allow that actor to bring themselves to there and to allow yourself as a creative, whether you're the director or the writer, to say, well, that wasn't exactly what I was necessarily hearing, but that's where they need to go and that's the performance and sit back and let them do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a very stickler, too, of slipping out of character. So it's more or less, you know, I'm directing and I'll say, Randy, uh, where's Randy? Randy went somewhere else. And I love when an actor looks at me and they'll tilt their head and they're like, I'm not really sure what you're saying. You were Randy at a time. So I'm not really sure where Randy went. You sound like you might be, you know, your Uncle Bob. So I need you to bring Randy back. I'm going to give you a second for you to bring Randy back. And then we're going to continue this process. And then it's so funny when they go, you know what? You're absolutely right. I did about a character. Okay, well, don't talk to me. Just act. Go. <laughs> you know. That's that's awesome. What a great technique. I mean, because the booth is normally full of people who are either frustrated people who wish they were voice actors themselves or people who have one and only one way of seeing everything. And so they line read you to death. And after a while, you're like, well, why am I even here? Right. 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 So that kind of an approach is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm enjoying it. And especially, you know, I travel throughout the, you know, I should say almost throughout the world at this rate. Um, I love meeting people. I love seeing how they tick. I love being in their environment. It strikes me that if this is your approach to directing talent, then you must have incredible insight into people. And it probably comes pretty instantly for you. It really takes a minute, depending on the environment. I kind of feel the room. I have to feel the room. But as each individual actor goes to the mic, I have that moment of, okay, let me see how much I can. And what I call a tap, I transcend myself into them just to, you know, kind of feel them out. There's certain things, body movements or gestures or something that I will hear. 
So I will say if I'm tired, my radar is up fully like 100%. So I try to, um, because it's a lot of energy. A lot of people don't realize is that when you're doing a workshop and you're preparing for a workshop, you're dealing yeah. with, yeah, you know, absolutely. 12 to 15 people's personalities and energies. So I'm not, I'm attentive to every single, everybody in the room and everybody goes, you're like on, I'm like on all the time. You know what I'm saying? When do you step away and relax? I go, it, uh, meditation helps me to ground myself. Yep. But when people come see me, I'm like, listen, you are here to get 110% of me. You know, I want to tell you what works. I want to see how you tick as a performer. Why, what's happening? What's going on in your world? So that's just who I am as a person, you know, and it's just something I guess I said, I actually say someone as a relative has said to me, that's something you born with. No one taught you that. Right. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, I'm gonna, okay, okay. Do me next. Do me next. What, what are you feeling? What are you saying? What am I? Oh, what am I? you see me in person. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Long Island medium, you know, on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have uh, a grandfather. Yes, I oh, had a grandfather. God. Yes. And I think he's dead. Now. You... Yes, yes, he's dead. He's been dead for a while. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Seattle, when I was in Seattle, it was it was there was a one of my um, students was crumbling paper in my ear. And it was so funny cuz I had to tell him, "Can you do me a favor? Can you stop cr crumbling the paper in my ear because I can't hear any of the performances." So I need you to bring it down a notch. It was so funny. And then I was able to tap into each actor and he would call me like the, the ghost whisperer. And it was just so every every single time he would say, oh, my God, how did you do that? How, how did you do? I was like, just just stop. I'm I'm exhausted. Well, for, for starters, there was no paper crumbling in my ear now. <laughs> exactly. So I made it a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you can do this with just about anybody or – is there a level of threshold that somebody has to be at? The easy thing is to say, you know, I can't work with newbies. Or can you, do you feel like you can work with just about anybody? What's happening now in my life is a lot of new actors are approaching me and reaching out to me. The thing is, I have to, you know, the prerequisite, like we're in college. Mm -hmm. You have to have that acting. You have to have that improv. And you at least have to have something, something that I could listen to and have some sort of meat. Right. For me, I always say to people, if I don't know you, I can't direct you. I have to have a sense of give me something. You know what I'm saying? I need to have a conversation with you mm -hmm. just so I could figure out how you tick. Actors approach me and go, oh, my God, I got this huge job mm -hmm. and it's worth $9,000, non-union or union, blah, blah, blah. And I go, who are you? I don't know who you are. And so you're so geeked up to book this job. I have to bring your defenses down and say, hey, don't look at the price. Send me, send me something of you because I don't know who you are. Once I listen to at least, they'll send me what they'll do is um, they'll send me their first draft of the audition. Mm -hmm. Once they send me the first draft of the audition, I can listen to it and go, oh, okay, so this is the direction you're going to. Mm -hmm. Then I'm able to basically go ahead and guide you and assist you in the audition. But if you come at me at, with, oh, 
you're putting a lot of, you're coming at me with all this pressure. You're not going to book that job. Mm-hmm. And then you're putting pressure on me. Oh, because you're this, this, this. I'm like, well, I'm human just like everyone else. Yeah. So you actually do have people who like the first time that you are working with them is is a situation like that. Hey, Everett, I got this job. Would you coach me through the audition? Absolutely. Absolutely. I get it. Oh, I get it. I get it. Probably, I would say probably 75, 80 percent. Oh, wow. And I don't know who they are. They've never worked with me. Mm-hmm. Um, they've seen me on various social media outlets mm-hmm. and they think, oh, well, he should be able to book me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what your talents are. Right. Well, yeah. And that's and that's the next question is it's one thing to say, well, I think you need to go here in your range or I think you need to do this. But if you don't know what that person's range is, what they can do with an accent, what they can do with uh, tempo changes and things of that nature, how do you get to the guts of that? Because you have to do it pretty quickly in that situation. You can't say, well, let's, you know, let's do this and talk next week. Right. I basically I guide them as much as possible. I feel like, you know. It shouldn't take this long, you know, let's say 45 minutes to do an audition. Because if mm-hmm. you're taking 45 minutes to do an audition, I can guarantee you, Randall Ryan is going to say, oh, really? <laughs> 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 oh, really? It's taking this person 45 minutes? So that means that they're not going to be able to handle it in a session. Right. Absolutely. That is, that's <laughs> such a valid point. Yeah. And that's the one thing that especially newer voice talents... They think if they can just get a demo that sounds killer, that that's all they really need to do to start booking. And the truth is, and and every time someone calls and says, you know, someone said I had a good voice and I should be doing voiceover. And then I got your name. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. Um, (laughs) I I roll into the whole spiel. Right. And, And I'm like, okay, so the very first thing is voice acting is about acting. So. Make sure you are in, in classes and in, in improv and, and, and get your base in acting first, voices second, right? Voice is just simply how you express your acting. And then, the, the, you know, the next part is, is just because you think you're finally ready for a demo or you can get a great sounding demo put together that's full of a bunch of six second clips, that doesn't mean you can perform in a live situation. It doesn't mean you can perform in a studio. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, the very first time that you go into a studio and you can't deliver what you promised in your demo or your audition, you're dead. Absolutely. You're absolutely dead. And not only, not only for that role, will they probably replace you, but then they'll remember you and then word travels really fast and then good luck booking after that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's so funny. One of the actors in, in one of my workshops, he said, Everett, you move so fast. And the reason why I'm moving fast is I know what happens during those sessions. I've been there. So me being a booth director at the talent agency, I want you in and out. And my agents specifically trained me and said, you know, Everett, they got to be in and out. They got to be on their toes because you know what it's like when they're when they're big, being with the big players. And when Mr. Randy Ryan is a, is directing and you're not on the toes, he's going to remember you and he's going to call your agent and he's going to say, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yep. Don't send yep. me that person again. Don't ever send me that <laughs> right. person again. Yeah, right. So, um, so that's one of the things that I do. I move very quickly. In my sessions, I don't even want the actors to think. And I, I could look at them. Are you thinking? And they go, uh-huh. I, I, I didn't ask you to think. I need you to perform. I need you to act. I want your truth. That's not your truth. That's not believable for me. You, that's not you. That's somebody right. else. 
bring back, bring back, bring back Brian. Where's, you know, and then they look around. I'm like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You need to be able to pull stuff out of your back pocket. And I say it all the time. Have something else in your back pocket. Step outside the box. You're reading stuff, but you're not thinking to the next level. You know what I'm saying? You're giving Mm -hmm. the same performance that thousands of people are doing the same thing. Right. And I go, yeah, it's not going to work. Yeah, because because the, the only way that that works is that if it just gets lucky and on that particular day, someone says, well, of all the people that sound alike, I like this person. Absolutely. Unfortunately, that actually happens more often than not. Simply because of the volume of auditions that come in for different mm-hmm. roles now. How often is someone in a session and, you know, they're delivering exactly what the audition was, but they really have no ability to take direction or to, to move outside oh. of that. You know, and it's even, it's, it's interesting you say that too, because even I, I do callbacks, you know, when I teach for a second day, the approach to callbacks. Mm-hmm. And I say it all the time to the actors, do not reduplicate what you sent in. They know what you sent in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they already have <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah. pay specific attention as to what they are asking. Oh, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and here's the other note. They're human just like you are. So if you don't understand, just say, you know what? I'm not really following you. Can you give me something just a little bit more? Short mm-hmm. and sweet to the point. Boom, in and out. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what you're what you're saying. I think is a really good thing that that um, I that I think actors really need to learn. That is, what kind of questions do you ask? Because when somebody gives you a very vague character description, thirty five years old, midwestern, uh, smiles a lot, but is authoritative. It's like, okay, so what does that right. mean? Actors tend to not often enough not only not ask for clarification or for a deeper description, but to know how to ask for a deeper description. Mm-hmm. This is true. I mean, I what I say to actors, this is how I look at the world. Everybody in the world is a character. Everybody. Absolutely. And Absolutely. if, and, and partially I will say this, my dad is a retired New York cop, so I guess it must be in my blood. So... <laughs> I pay attention to my surroundings. I pay attention to family members. So I tell actors, pay attention to your own family members because they're all characters. You know, mm-hmm. when you go to those family reunions that you don't like, you know, Aunt Sue, she's a little alcoholic, you know, stuff like that, a little, little crazy. <laughs> I would pay attention to Aunt Sue because I guarantee you, you'll be able to use her personality for a role. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Um, you know, I throw everything at them. I think, like you said, uh, Randall, about questions, ask questions. Don't be afraid. They're just, I think actors are so busy. Oh my God, I got to book the job. Oh my God, I got I just got to get it. Oh, oh, my health insurance. Oh, oh, my car just broke down. Oh, you know, my, my mortgage is due. Settle. And they also want to please, you know, and I understand that. I think we all understand that. We all want to, you know, of course you want to please your client, whoever your client is, but you can't just... Please, like you're a dog following commands, you need to know exactly what does this dog look like. And mm-hmm. is this a big dog? Is it brown? You know, is it incontinent? You know, just tell me what the dog mm-hmm. is. A big poopy <laughs> dog. That's what it is. <laughs> and it's so funny, too. So so the drawings, you know, they go, well, this drawing. And, and I have two things about 
you know, the drawings, I say the actors, um, if you want to go ahead and you look at your drawings, you can for one take, but let's use your creativity. You're an actor. Let's get creative. What does this character look like in your mind? Don't look at the picture. Then they transcend into their uncle Mike and I go, okay, great. Read the copy and stay in that, you know, realm. Okay. Then it's more or less, let's think outside the box. Cause you'll book if you think outside the box. Absolutely. Yep. Well, and those are the people, especially for deeper roles that do get booked. Maybe they give you the stereotypical, well, this is what you asked for, but then they also give you, now let me give you this different spin. Those are the people that tend to stand out. Right. Because I've given you what you've asked for. By the way, here's something else that I think might be just, I just want to throw this out to you. You know, again, you, you can please in ways where you don't contradict what anybody, you know, what the people that are going to pay you have to say. But if you just kind of go, it, it's like it's like doing castings and people will come to me and I'm sure you've had this too. And they're giving you something stereotypical and you start going to people like, I know that they're hearing white American in here. Let's throw some African-American people in there and let's throw in somebody who's got a little bit of an Asian accent and maybe throw in somebody British and say, hey, try not to do it as the British accent and give them different things. It's the same thing for an actor. They don't know everything, even if it's their character. Give them yourself. Give them that mm -hmm. piece. Give them something different that they can go, oh, I hadn't thought about that, which is the point. Give them something that, you know, you know, when you're doing those voices in your head when you're on the freeway <laughs> that you forget, you know, <laughs> now is the time for you to get creative. <laughs> you know, that's the things that they forget, you know. So I say to them, write it down on a notebook. Mm-hmm. Tape record yourself. Have it on your cell phone. Yeah. These are when the moments of when you're in that position that that light bulb moment should just, it should come to you. It's like, oh, I should have used that. You know what I'm saying? I should have used that character for this during that callback session. I'm like, oh, yeah, you should have. But you weren't thinking about it. You're so busy, yeah. trying, like you said, Randy, trying to please yeah. Yep. So that's the reason that I'm not a voice actor because the only voices in my head when I'm on the freeway all involve guns and tire slashing. <laughs> wow. Um, that must be a and, Texas thing. And a great big F word. <laughs> Other than that, yeah. <laughs> that must be a Texas thing. So I'm going to leave that alone. I'm just going to leave. I'm not a Texan, man. I'm an Austinite. I'm oh, surrounded yeah. by Texas. <laughs> oh, okay. Surrounded by Texans. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a different world. Um, you know, the thing is interesting from an actor's perspective. So there's this whole life philosophy of have, do, and be. Right. So first you're looking to always have something, whether it's the skills or or you're trying to acquire something or whatever. And then you do things right. And, and you're always doing things to try and, and, and get better or reach your goals. And ultimately, when you find it is when you can simply be. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's such an interesting philosophy. I, I've thought about that, especially in like being a stage actor, right? It's easier to do that and to fall into that role. But that's really a philosophy that have, do, be really focusing on see what you can do to try and be just, just simply be. And that's when you find your character and that's when you find your voice and that's when you find your role. I think the thing is, is that too, people are afraid to go, I've, I've had a couple of actors who are afraid to go dark. Yep. And I, you know, say to them, I could bring you out of it, 
go there. You have not been there. I use an example. I'm going to make you both laugh. I use the example because I think it's hilarious. I told an actor in San Francisco, I'm going to drop you in the middle of 125th Street in Martin Luther King. (laughs) (laughs) He just looked at me like, what? (laughs) Like, we were in New York. I'm going to just drop you right there in the hood. I want to see fear come out of your soul. I want you to go dark as if they're going to be um, an African-American, a Caucasian, and a Latino that's about to whip you. They got sticks and stuff in their hands. I want you to be tough and you could take all three of them. But I want you to, you know, even if you went dark and played crazy, because people will freak out if you're crazy. Yep. You know, that's my experience is like, if you just, okay, let me get out of this situation. Let me think quick. Let me think quick. Oh, if I go really nuts and start talking to myself or just hitting myself in the head, they won't bother me. And I think that's the thing about actors that at least that I've, you know, work with that they can't really go there because they're afraid of just staying there. I had a um, student in New York that she went dark so bad that the hairs on my arms raised. And I was just like, I it, I didn't realize that after she recorded the role, that there were two other students that had to read for me. I needed a minute. Oh, yeah. Because she literally, the hairs just went all through my whole entire body. And I had I needed a minute to just shake it all off. And I said to her, are, are, are you okay? She was like, oh, I'm fine. How are you doing? I was like, I'm not okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was the first time that I've wow. ever seen somebody really, really go, you know, that, and it was a video game character. And I know that there are a lot of video games that go mm-hmm. that way and you have to stay there. Um, we in animation are not that dark, per se, only <laughs> right. maybe Adult Swim. For the right, most for part, the most yeah. Part. There's, there's a couple of yeah. anime things that get mm-hmm. a little goofy. But an Adult Swim, but, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. See, and I think that that's really one of the differences, right? For some reason, there's this feeling that when you get on stage, you get awarded and applauded for going dark. The best performances are always those ones, right? Even on screen, yeah, it's creepy, but there's a lot of other things to help with that. Mm-hmm. Behind the mic, there's just a natural tendency to find a little bit of moderation as an actor and, and not to go to those same extremes you would go for different mediums. I think there really needs to be That's what I see as the evolution right now in voice acting is really the push towards acting. Mm -hmm. Because 15, 20 years ago, it was still primarily about voice, even video games. Video games were, we're looking for a voice that sounds like this. We're looking for a voice that sounds like that. Right. It wasn't wasn't as much about performance. It was about, can you do this accent? Can Mm -hmm. you do that sound? Can you do that voice? And now- it truly is. It's all about mm-hmm. acting. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, I, I look at it, like I said, the whole world is a stage. Use that. Stop worrying. And I can, I can instantly tell when they're acting or they're just using their voice. It's a natural thing. of That's not you. Yep. Why do you go from, hi, I'm Randall Ryan. Hi, I'm Randall. You know, and I'm like, well, you're really speaking to me very conversationally. Then all of a sudden you just put on this thing and you drop to a lower register. And I'm like, whoa, right. why are you pushing it? Yep. That's not. Because I think that's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing that I've learned in doing all this is I always make this joke of I want you to be as natural as my hair. 
(laughs) 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 I've learned to really, like I said, find their authentic self. When you're working at a talent agency and stuff is just thrown at you, you're just overwhelmed and you've got to move in at fast, quick pace. Me stepping out of it now and me knowing and getting to know actors really, really, you know, well, because now I've gotten to be on a really more, more personal level with some of my actors. I can hear when something is wrong. We can't do this audition today because you got something on your mind. Or that's not you. So I feel like for me, I've gotten my calling, if it's saying for worse, or I found something that fits me. So that's the thing I've learned about myself. And that's what I'm, I feel like what I'm here on the planet for, to help you and guide you through, you know, your career, your voiceover career. So if someone wanted to work with you from... Uh a dual role of both voice acting coach and um, psychologist. <laughs> what would be the best way to move forward here? <laughs> uh, go to my website. Go to my website. Reach out to me. Um, okay, website is? Come on, come on. This is the pimping side. Uh, this is the part where we get to promote. To Let's roll. go. Myboothdirector.com. <laughs> Myboothdirector.com. Mm-hmm. Cool. Fill out the form. You fill out a form on the contact page and you explain to me in three to five sentences if it's an audition or if you want to know about coaching or rates or uh, when am I coming to your city to, you know, do a workshop. That's the easiest way to get in touch with me. If you could handpick what kind of student or what aspects of a voice actor make up your best students, who would you ideally call for? I'm going to say her name. Only because she came at me a certain way. Sissy Jones. And I'm going to tell you why. Sissy came to me and said to me, I want to do more animation. Didn't know Sissy from Adam's Apple. Worked with her. And she approached me in a sense of, uh, she as a bad ass. Like, she, this is what she wanted. And she was hungry for it. And... It took me a minute because I've never had an actor really come at me a certain way the way she came at me. So I took, you know, I had to take a step forward because, like I said, I had to get to know her. We worked together, and I believe I booked her on three characters. One, I know one was recurring, and I think she got the lead on something from one of her animated series. And so that, to me, was the ideal actor for me. Somebody who really wanted, who really wanted it. Someone who wasn't like, oh, not afraid. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I'm not afraid of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've heard stuff about you because I'm a type of person of, I might not verbally say stuff to you, but I have a facial expression and a facial expression. And I can tell my New York comes out through that facial expression. Mm-hmm. And people perceive that and go, oh, what's he thinking? And I'm going, mm-hmm. you think you got what it takes? Then let's jump in and let's play. Mm-hmm. And so- her fire gave me, you know, the opportunity of, wow, you're the ideal person that at least we work together mm-hmm. for me to get you to wherever you had, to, you know, to that certain part. And you actually booked. So she's like a true success story to me. Mm-hmm. And I give her, you know, that because she comes from a totally different world. 
her world is video games. Right. And she knows that, you know, inside out from the you know back of her hand. Mm -hmm. And this is and 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 she's challenged, you know, by this, you know, I really want a series. Mm -hmm. I really wanted a, you know, and that's how she approached me. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's step up to the challenge. For more on Sissy Jones, visit Let's Talk, Let's Talk Voiceover, Episode 16. That's right. Let's Talk Voiceover, Episode 16, Sissy Jones. <laughs> Thanks for pitching underhand. We appreciate that, Everett. And we do appreciate you spending time and, and really sharing a lot of that deep insight that honestly doesn't come from, from most people in this industry. Because you have a much different approach. You didn't start off by trying to be a voice actor or trying to be a voice coach or trying to be a voice talent director. You started off by learning a business and then moving from one part of it to the next until you found what really fit you. And, and I think that that's the really impressive part. So, man, we can't thank you enough for being here today. Thank you. Yes. And you're absolutely right. It, looking back on my life, I'm like, oh, my God. I see how everything works together. It's like putting a jigsaw mm -hmm. puzzle together. So mm -hmm. I have the best of all worlds. You know, I say, I, I tell that to everybody that I've covered so much different territories in the voiceover industry that I know how it works. It never comes together until it suddenly does, right? Right. And on that philosophical note, I'm going to shut up before I say something stupid and kill it all. So, <laughs> <laughs> Randall? BT? Everett? I'm not a voiceover actor, but I could go beady, 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 beady. That's all, folks. <laughs> Beautiful. Wow. Until we do this again, thanks. Everett Oliver is authentic, and he helps others find their authenticity, too. If you're interested in working with Everett, connect with him on his website at myboothdirector.com. That's myboothdirector.com. He's available for private coaching, workshops, and a whole lot more. Let's Talk VoiceOver is hosted by Randy Ryan, owner of Hamster Ball Studios, voice, music, and sound design. And me, Brian Talbot, actor and all-around creative guy. If you have comments, questions, ideas for other show topics you'd be interested in hearing, or you just want to let us know what you think, you can always reach us by sending an email to bt at letstalkvoiceover.com. Or you can go to our website at www.letstalkvoiceover.com. That's www.letstalkvoiceover.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk VoiceOver. We'll talk again real soon.